This can't be happening, man. This isn't happening. With 900 years old, you reach. Look as good as you or not. Hmm? Beat it, you hippie! By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today's stories are straightforward, simple, and it comes to you courtesy of one of my favorite artists. I'm growing older, but not up. My metabolic rate is pleasantly stuck. Let those winds of time blow over my head. I'd rather die while I'm living than live while I'm dead. Ah, Jimmy Buffett. I'm growing older, but not up. My metabolic rate is pleasantly stuck. Let those winds of time blow over my head. I'd rather die while I'm living than live while I'm dead. You guys know I'm a big Jimmy Buffett fan. You also know I'm a big fan of growing older, but never up. And that's what we're going to talk about today. What I'm really going to focus on today is the realities of growing older. Growing up is your own choice. You can grow up to be an old man if you want to, an old woman if you want to. You can be that get off my lawn guy if you want to. That's totally up to you. But growing older is inevitable. We are all growing older. That's not a bad thing. It's just the reality of life. So we're going to talk a little about growing older. And I know a lot of you young guys and girls are going to go, well, I'm young. I don't need to worry about this. Oh, yes, you do. Believe me, I was in my 20s, I was in my 30s, I thought I was bulletproof, I thought things would never change. It's not the case. Things change. Not necessarily for the worse, that's up to you. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, I talk about being in my 20s and my 30s. I'm an old dude, what can I tell you? I've been around for a while. But that doesn't mean I didn't have a 20s and a 30s, and I lived a good life in my 20s and my 30s. And I'll admit, I'm just like you. I thought, yeah, it's going to be like this for the rest of my life. Your attitudes can stay young and playful and youthful, but it's always tempered with the stuff you learn from the day-to-day life. And one of the first times that I had a realization about the change, the change in attitude, the change in your physical being, is in my late 30s. I mean, I recognized I was getting older. It would take 15 minutes to stretch instead of 10 minutes to stretch. It would take an extra day to get over a long afternoon of basketball. If you went out drinking with your friends, which, by the way, in your late 30s, becomes increasingly less frequent because you realize it takes you longer to recover. And that's the realization. It takes me longer to come back. But I think one of the things that really drove it home for me was basketball. And I talked in season one about how basketball is one of my favorite sports. And I love basketball. And I've played basketball all of my life. I've played pickup games on the streets in the city. I've gone to the Y. I've gone to the rec center. I've scoured the playgrounds for games everywhere I've ever lived. I love basketball, man. I love it. Taught my kids to play, played with them, played with their friends, had a hoop in my backyard. You got to. You got to. If you're a basketball fan, you got to. If you're a basketball player, you have to. And I loved basketball. Still do. Don't get me wrong. I still do. I don't have the speed or the handles like I used to. I can still hit the shots, but it's at a much slower pace. But it was in my late 30s. The town we were living in had an adult basketball league at the Boys and Girls Club. And so I got together several of the parents all about my age, mid to late 30s. Our young stud was in his late 20s. But we were all a bunch of older guys. And by older, 35, 36, 37. That was older for this league. And I had years of basketball under my belt. I'd been playing for literally decades at this point. Now, I was never Division I material. I was not a great basketball player. I was a good rec league ball player. 
I could play D, I could shoot, and I could run. And people liked having me on their teams because I could shoot, and I could pass, and I could play D, and I could run. So we got our little team together. We had about 10 guys together. It was kind of a rotating squad. Because when you're a parent in your 30s, you have a lot of demands on your time. So to field a five-man team, you need at least 10 men because somebody's always going to have something to do. Got to work late tonight, got a PTA meeting, got to watch the kids, whatever. There's always something going on. So if you have a 10-man team, you might get seven to show up. So we had our 10-man squad, and we joined the Adult League at the Boys and Girls Club. It was called the Adult League, but it was really the Young Adult League. Every other team was guys in their 20s. No other team had a guy in their 30s. We were by far the oldest team in the league. Now, one of the things about growing older is, in your mind, you never think of yourself as growing older. I mean, the numbers go by on the calendar. You get that extra candle on your birthday cake. You know that the numbers are adding up. So you're aware that you're 38, 39, 40. But mentally, you never feel 38, 39, 40, whatever the number is. Whatever the number is, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, you never think of yourself that way. That's one of the things about growing up that you guys should remember. You never think of yourself as growing up. You don't think of yourself as growing older. It's just a number. Because if you sit down right now and you think, how old do I feel? Come up with a number. That's the number that you will always think of yourself as. If it's 23, you will always be, in your head, 23 years old. Same if it's 27, 31, whatever the number is. You will always think of yourself that way. That's the dirty little trick your mind plays on you. You think you're 23. Your 47-year-old body goes, <laughs> oh, no, you're not. But anyway, us old guys were in this adult league. And we got the schedule, and we saw we were playing all of the other teams in some kind of rotation. And now all of us were basketball players, and all of us were good basketball players, and all of us still believed we were good basketball players. But then you hit the floor. You get out there for that first game. And yeah, you got your moves, and you got your handles, and you got your backwards dribbles, and you've got your behind-the-back pass. You've got all that. You've got your outside jumper. You've got your reverse layup. You've got all of that. You don't lose that. You just do it slower. Except you don't realize you're doing it slower. And you know how to play defense. You square up on the guy, man you ball, basketball term, and you keep your eye on your guy and you keep your arms out and you keep your feet spread wide and you're playing your defense and you're in your stance. But the thing that you don't realize, the thing that you're totally unaware of until you have to face that guy who's 10 years younger than you, is he's got some speed on you. He's got about a half a step on you. And he hasn't been raising kids for the past 10 years. And you don't think about that until you watch that guy blow by you to your left, which used to be your strong side. And it's not like you even bought his fake. He fakes to the right and goes to your left and you were anticipating it and you still can't stop it. That's when you realize, God, I'm getting old. Because all of us on that team, we called ourselves the Greybeards. All of us on the Greybeards realized that we couldn't keep up with these guys. Now, we still scored our points, and we still made some defensive stops, but not nearly as many as we should have, because these guys were just too quick. They were too fast. They were too young. Now, we played a full schedule, which consisted of something like eight games, and every team made the playoffs because basically the regular season was to seed you for the playoffs. Not that getting to the playoffs was anything spectacular because every team made it, but we played through the full schedule. We didn't miss a game. We were old guys, but we weren't giving up. We played the whole schedule and didn't win a game. We were close in a couple of them, but we got blown out in most of the games. And it was only because we couldn't keep up. 
and I realized I'm still a good basketball player, but I'm an old basketball player. And that's when I realized I can still have fun on the basketball court and I can still enjoy it and I can still play it and I can still shoot. But boy, it's a different game when you get to a certain age. And that's the thing about life. Life is a very different game when you get to a certain age. And I'm going to get to that in a minute or two. But what I wanted to share with you is what I took from that realization after that basketball season. There's a lot of guys and girls who peak in high school, being the captain of the football team, being the captain of the basketball team, being the head of the cheerleading squad, being captain of the volleyball team, whatever sport, whatever activity you were involved with in high school. For a lot of people, that's their peak. And what I just said about that age in your head that you always think you are, for a lot of people, that's the age they're stuck at. And a lot of people get angry or frustrated or depressed as they get older because they realize they're not getting back to that point ever again. Whatever physical skills, whatever physical attributes they had back then, that was it. That was the height. That was the peak. That was the tip of the mountain. And it's all downhill from there for them. It doesn't have to be for you. But for the people who don't realize that life has so much to offer past those peak years, in your late teens, in your early 20s, in your late 20s, there's so much left of your life that you can live the hell out of and enjoy. You don't have to get angry or frustrated at the fact that your best days were in high school. But too many people do. So what I wanted to talk about was learning the importance of savoring getting older, of enjoying getting older of sucking the marrow out of the bone of life, of getting older. Too much? Did I go one too far? Sorry. But you know what I'm trying to say. Getting older doesn't suck unless you let it suck. And getting older gives you all kinds of knowledge that's useful and makes your life better. Now, one of the things that I learned as a kid that really pissed me off sometimes was having to be nice to kids we didn't like. I don't like him. Why do I have to invite him to my birthday party? He's mean to me. One of the things about getting older that makes that lesson important is we are always going to have to be nice to people we don't like. Some people don't react well to that. Some people think they can do whatever the hell they want. But if you're going to live a good life, if you're going to live a happy life, if you're going to get the best out of your life, there are times where you're just going to have to suck it up and be nice to people who you can't stand. There are rude people in the world. There are mean bosses. There are nasty co-workers. The best way to get along with them is to get along with them. You don't have to be besties. You don't have to go out for drinks or dinner. But you do have to be polite. You do have to be friendly. It makes your life better because you don't have stress. You don't have anger built up in you because your boss is a jerk. You just acknowledge that and go, yeah, he's a jerk. And you don't let it get to you. You don't let it ruin your day. When you're done with work, leave the jerky boss behind. Sure, you can dwell on it, but to what end? It'll just make you unhappy. Life is too short to be unhappy. Accepting the reality that you have a jerky boss, a nasty co-worker, and then moving on from it, it makes your life much more pleasant. In fact, what we learn as we grow older is dealing with people is very, very different as you get older. You get to make choices. You get to choose who you want to spend time with. You don't have to spend time with people you don't like. That's one of the hidden little gems of growing older. You might have an annoying boss, a nasty coworker, but you don't have to stay with them forever, and you don't have to socialize with them if you don't want to. You get to make choices. It's not like in grade school where you had to go to class with the same people. Your mother would make you invite people to your birthday party. You had to go to certain social functions. 
as an adult, you get to make those choices for yourself. The people your parents warned you about when you were a kid? Well, you can't trust that guy. You may find out that's true. Dad was right. As an adult, you don't have to trust that guy. You don't have to hang out with that guy. You don't have to spend any time with them if you don't want to. You have the ability to make another choice. It's okay to cut people loose. It's okay to remove toxic people from your life. It's one of the choices you get to make as a grown-up. You choose who you surround yourself with, who you friend around with. As you get older, you realize that spending time with people you like is not only more enjoyable, but more important to you. If you're spending time with people who bring too much drama, too much negativity, too much toxicity into your life, you don't spend time with them anymore. You can cut them loose. As you get older, you learn what makes a good friend, a trusted friend, a confidant. You find people who are like-minded, who have similar systems of belief, who have similar interests, who have similar priorities, and you hang out with them. And it's okay if it's only one or two people. Because one of the things I've also learned, if you have more than one or two people who you think are your bestest friends of all time, you might want to reconsider your standards. Because people who you are really close to, who you can really trust, that person who is there no matter what, they are as rare as hen's teeth, as my grandmother used to say. So you want to make sure that the people that you're with are people that you can trust, that you can rely on, that you enjoy spending time with. This also extends to family. I know some people have really, really close families, and some people have really, really toxic families. As an adult, it's absolutely okay to make choices for you personally that make your life better. Now, if those choices involve being close with your family, spending time with your parents, spending time with your siblings, if you have a great time vacationing together, if you have a great time going to Sunday dinner with your mom and dad every Sunday, great, you have the freedom to do that. And you should, because if it makes your life better, it's something you should hold on to. On the other hand, if you have a relationship with your family that makes you feel crappy, if every time you talk to your brother or your sister, it makes you sad or angry, as an adult, you have the freedom not to put yourself in that position. And it's okay to do that. Now, one of the things we all deal with with family is that familial guilt. Your brother makes you feel guilty. Your mother makes you feel guilty. Whoever it is puts that guilt trip on you. Well, why aren't you hanging out with us? Everybody's going to be here for the barbecue. It's up to you how you want to handle that. But if it makes your life miserable to go to that barbecue, for whatever reason, you can't stand your cousin. Your uncle's a jerk. Your brother can't shut up. Your father's a racist. Whatever it is, it's okay to make the choices that are good for you. And as you get older, you realize it's okay to make the choices that are good for you. Now, I'm not going to lie. There's going to be some guilt that goes with some of those choices. Absolutely. Family doesn't come without guilt. You'll get the, I brought you into this world from your dad. You'll get the, after all I've done for you from your mom. But if they make your life suck, it's okay to cut them loose. Now, since it's family, you may want to define the terms where you'll come to the barbecue, where you'll come to Sunday dinner, whatever, but you don't have to. I have found much more satisfaction in my life from people I choose to be with than from people that I'm supposedly supposed to be with. Because when I've spent time with people that I'm supposed to be with and I feel like crap afterwards... I realize it's time wasted that I can never get back. And my life is too short to feel crappy after spending time with people. Whether it's 30 minutes, two hours, a weekend, whatever it is, 
Even if all I do at home is sit on my back porch and read a book, if I'm getting more enjoyment out of that, I don't think there's anything wrong with making that choice for you. You're not living your life for anybody else. Nobody else is getting points by what you do in your life. Mom isn't going to get a prize if you show up for Sunday dinner every Sunday. And neither are you. But to get back to what I said about the family, if you're having a good relationship with them, absolutely make time for it. If you're getting a valuable insight into your life from spending Sundays with mom and dad. If you get warm and fuzzy happy feelings from going hunting with your brother, go hunting with your brother. The point of all of this is you get to make the choice. And as I've gotten older, I realize how important it is to make the choices that are better for you. As I said, life is too short. It's too short to try to live it for somebody else's happiness. Live it for your happiness. And that kind of leads to the next point that I wanted to make. As an adult, as a grown-up, as you get older, you find that you have the freedom to make your own choices and live by your own choices no matter what other people think. And those other people are your friends, your co-workers, your family. Too many people worry about, well, if I do this, they're going to think that. What are people going to think? The thing is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. What do you think? What's going to make you happy? That's what the basis for your choices should be. Now, if you make the choices, you do live with the consequences. If you decide to quit your job and sail around the world in a sailboat, that's up to you. You can do that. You got to live with that. And you can't blame anybody else for that choice. But if it's what you want to do, who cares what anybody thinks? If that's the life you want to live, go live that life. You want to give up your day job to become a bartender, a writer, a streamer on Twitch? Go ahead. You are free to make those choices. But as you get older, you also become aware that you do live with the consequences of those choices. And as you get older, you learn to weigh those consequences. So maybe you don't give up your day job to become a streamer on Twitch. You can stream on Twitch without giving up your day job. You can be a writer without giving up your day job. You can do any number of things without giving up your day job. I keep talking about the day job. The day job is important, but it's not that important. And the reason I say that is this. Work sucks. Absolutely it does. There is no such thing as a dream job. Because no matter what you do, even if it's streaming on Twitch, there's going to be sucky parts about it. There's going to be stuff that you hate to do. Ideally, you'll get a job where you enjoy most of it, but there's still going to be sucky parts of it. There's still going to be a boss or a contractor, an owner, a client who sucks. Somebody's going to be strict. Somebody's going to be egotistical. Somebody's going to be uncaring or cold or calculating. They're going to be out to get you somehow because work sucks. But the point of my saying all that is you don't want to live to work. You don't want to live your life so that you can get your work done. Even if it's your most favorite job in the world, living to work is not a life. You work so that you can live. You want to live your life so that you have the freedom to do the things that are important to you. Writing, reading, streaming, playing video games, hunting, golfing, tennis, swimming, hiking, whatever it is. You work so that you can live your life. You want to be able to spend time with your spouse, with your kids, with your family if that's who you want to spend time with. You want to have time to engage in your hobbies. Pursue your interests. Follow your dreams. The day job gives you the ability to do that. Spending all of your waking hours living for the job will not lead you to a happy life. The things that make you happy are the things that make your life better. And so you want to work so that you can do those things that make your life better. And then you'll be happy.
I've got one more little thing to share with you about growing older. Well, actually, I've got a lot of little things that I want to share with you, but I'm going to save them for another episode. But what I'm going to leave you with today is this. In this day and age where everybody's taking pictures of everything, what I want you to do is start taking pictures of your life. Not that beautiful sunset. Not the mountain hike that you're on. Go take pictures of your house. Take pictures of the garden that you made. Take pictures of your spouse's flower display. Take a picture of yourself next to your car. Take a picture of the street that you live on. And then print these out and put them in an album. I know, it's digital these days. Everybody looks at everything online. Make an album. Get one of those old albums at the CVS or at Michael's Crafts. Just get one of those photo albums. Print out three dozen pictures. Put them in an album. You're not going to look at it now. You're not. But in 10 years from now, you'll pull that album out and you'll look at it and go, I remember that house. That garden was so beautiful. God, I remember that. I loved that car. That was an awesome car. There's something really satisfying about looking back on the way your life used to be, the things that you used to take for granted, that old red car you used to drive, those orange flowers in the garden, that messy bedroom you have upstairs. There's something warm and satisfying about looking back on that and remembering. It takes you back. Because when all is said and done, all we've got is what we've made in this world for ourselves and the memories we have of what we did. And those pictures will help bring those memories back. You're probably not going to remember that seashell bedspread you have unless you take a picture of it. And then when you look at that picture in 10 years, you'll go, I remember when we got that. That was awesome. That was such a great trip that we had to Lancaster. That's one of the benefits of having 10 years or more to look back on because you realize, oh, I should have done that. So I'm telling you now, you should do that. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Storytime. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to me preach. You know me, I go off. But I appreciate you being here and listening to it all. You guys are the best. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you.